Everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a dog for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I'll bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. By the court wizardry of Ernie D. Ernie D. Gregorio. He was a little man, and Marvin Barnes was the big man on Providence's team. John Thompson, the Georgetown coach, played for the Friars in the mid-60s, and that team was captained by a man named Ray Flynn, who's the current mayor of Boston, and it's got to be an extra special feeling... For a team like Providence that has really risen rapidly in the Big East, which is a very tough conference indeed. Villanova didn't make the NCAA tournament. They were champs a couple of years ago. How about that? Very uh, interesting. Uh, everything old is new again. Douglas Viviani with uh, uh, the Maryland Turpelin himself, David Cohen. Good day. <laughs> uh, those, that's a little clip from 1987, uh, but it's sort of reminiscent of now. Providence yes. coming out of nowhere. They're doing well this year. What do you think? They are doing well this year at basketball. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that because they are. We, we there's been a storied history there, and I went to Providence back in the day. Graduated in '84. The big hero back then was Otis Thorpe. Remember him? I remember Otis Thorpe. Yeah, he was a championship with uh, Olajuwon uh, and the Houston Rockets in the I think it was early '90s, and good guy. We went to Providence, a small school. You had like six thousand altogether. So that is small, yeah. Approximately fifteen hundred people per class. Maryland, so. we had over twenty thousand kids. Yeah, man, man, in the whole school, obviously, right? So you had about seven. No, 000. just in my dorm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, unbelievable. So yeah, so Providence was a little. But different we knew experience. of Otis Thorpe. Thorpe is a big deal, like not just at Providence, but in in, in college hoops. That's sure. a good question. Yeah, so so we didn't. I don't think we played uh, Maryland, but but you sort of. Got a vibe. You knew you would watch the games and whatever. You knew Big East, and you thought, oh, Providence. Right away, you think of Otis, right? Sure. Shy yeah. guy, very nice guy. Never gave one interview, never wanted to give interviews. He was very kind really? of, yeah, to himself. He was not really an interview guy at all. And so he was like, became a lot like, like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> became like an enigma, you know? But this week, let's talk about being in college and being in a school with, you know, Otis Thorpe and or, you know, some some interest in, in the Big East and basketball. It's kind of fun. So I remember back in the day, and you did this too, you were on the, the radio, and I was on WDOM in Providence. I don't know what was the radio station in, in Maryland. W, I don't remember. <laughs> now, how did you get it? You have so many kids. Like, for Providence, it's kind of like a small school. You know, I got the Tuesday, Doug in the morning routine at, like, 6 in the morning to 8. Like, it wasn't extraordinarily well, hard this. to get. My, my, yeah. slot was, my slot was Sunday mornings at, at 6 so well maybe maybe it was maybe it actually was 9 a.m but for a college student sunday morning oh you just you didn't you weren't waking up for anything yeah. so not only did i have to haul my you know what over there every sunday morning but there, there was no one listening at that hour yeah, yeah. You know? no no way maybe maybe someone from i don't know outside of the campus i mean the, the our station did go to providence itself so we had yeah. people that listening from that did, were not going to the school. That's it was true. a regular station. I don't know if you had that. I yeah, it, it did extend beyond okay. University of Maryland, which itself covers a lot of ground, but it did go to the local community. So that was cool. But I knew the only one that was listening was my friend Billy, 
because he was up because he let me drive his car because it was all the way across campus from where I lived. And he would actually let me drive his car to get to the station and then come back. So he, he was up early and he would listen to every show that I was doing. There you go. So what would you do? At least, he, at least one person was. What would you do? So kind of like you, I know you were very, uh, Dennis Elsis kind of a thing. You played music pretty much or what? Played music, did some silly character stuff also. Just okay. not, not with anyone else. I would just do yeah. different characters visiting me in the booth. Right. So I would like go away from, you know, speak away from the mic a little bit, like, uh, and, and create a character who would come on and visit me. So I had a host of characters coming in. That I was like fun. That. That's cool. Yeah, you got to be creative. We had a news guy, so I had a news guy to play off here and there. You know. Um, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, I did too. You could do right. a little. That was always the best time. We could play off of somebody. Doing yourself is with yourself is not always easy. You know. Uh, but he it's got fun. mad at me once. Uh oh. He didn't get mad at me. He talked to the station manager though, because I would say. Uh, you know, it's 10 o'clock and let's go to whatever, John Doe with the news. And he would go, hi, this is John Doe with the news. And then I remember him telling the station manager, you know, David shouldn't introduce me as John Doe because I say John Doe, oh, by the way, and it sounds stupid. Oh, man. Oh. Well, he did. Oh, okay. wow. That's a good. Wow. Well, at least you had a station manager. We had a station manager. The first thing I got, I spoke to this Marty Moran. He was our station manager to get the gig. And he's like, you want to do it? Whatever. He says, okay, uh, Thursdays at 4 to 6, you got the shift. I go, oh, I'm, I'm in. It's fantastic. I was like second year. I couldn't believe this. Right away, I got a shift. Yeah, you're doing classical music. So I had to spin <laughs> classical music for two hours. I didn't know Beethoven from Wagner from any. I didn't know nothing. Did you tell them you knew about classical music? I told them nothing. But that was the shift that was open. I took it. I didn't question it. And right. then, you know, then I got a call the next year from Marty Moran. Ray, you want, a, you want a morning spot? Yes. And literally the guy, that was the two conversations I literally had with the guy. <laughs> I did, it was never, they didn't supervise. They didn't care. Everything was good. Like, you know, you could do whatever you want. And I did a lot of goofy things. So one week I did something really goofy. You try to do stuff like you have the, the guests, right, uh, by yourself. I, I did something called uh, the, the – the, um, what the heck did I call this thing? The the uh, peak of the week, I called it. Something interesting, funny, or weird. Something different that would be played on the radio that you wouldn't hear anyone anywhere else. And I do it a, a, twice a, a show. So finally, I don't know if you remember these two. This is really, really obscure. Bob and Doug McKenzie, remember these guys? From yeah, SCTV, yeah. you know, sure, they did the beer commercials. Yeah, you go. Uh, Rick Moranis and, and Dave Thomas. Right. So they yeah. came out with a Christmas album. And part of the Christmas album was this, this is ridiculous. I'm going to play it. You're going to kick it. Part of the Christmas album was they talk and then they leave a spot for you to say something. And then they talk again. So it's as if you're in the studio with them. Does that make any sense? So let yes. me play it for you. It's going to come out okay. horrible, but let me just play you a piece <laughs> of it. And this is actually what I did on the radio then. I don't know if it's cool. going to be. Just listen to this. It's just ridiculous. So this is your first time on the show, eh? You're not nervous, eh? No, Bob. I'm pretty comfortable. Can I get you a beer? A back bacon? Uh, no, thanks, Bob. I just ate. Uh, say, you guys uh, like yeah, my toke? Yeah, beauty. <laughs> you, Doug, you don't like my toke? Hey, Holzer. What? Our guest asked you a question. There's nobody here but me and you, Hosehead. Excuse me, can I say something? What? Oh, so now you're talking to our guest, eh, Hoser? Okay, but only because he tricked me, eh? Listen, you Hoses, the only reason I came on the show is to tell you guys that the idea of having me as your guest is stolen. Well, 
it was his idea. Take off. It was not. Look, I don't care which one of you hoes has ripped, off, ripped it off, but uh, it's been done before on other albums, TV shows. All you've proven is uh, that you uh, are a couple of hosers yeah. yourself. Well, you're a hoser for going along with it this far. Yeah, and because like you're doing it with us, that makes you a thief too, eh? <laughs> take off. I'm out. Yeah, well, you take off. Wait, give us one more chance. Oh, nice going. Look what you did. I don't know if that comes off, but that is legitimately passed as entertainment back on WTOM in 1982. <laughs> Terrible, right? But that's, I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's not lame with a capital L. But, it's pretty yeah, lame. It's lame. <laughs> However, <laughs> I do that, and the phone rings. I'm getting Someone a, liked it. I'm getting a phone call. I get a phone call. I said, oh, who is it? You know, WTOM, whatever. You're there by yourself. You know that, right? It's all you. Sure. So you answer the phone. I put put that record on something, and uh, this girl Francesca tells me that she's from Providence and she enjoyed the the show. She always enjoys the peak of the week. Why don't we uh, meet? Do you ever get this happen? What? She wants to meet. No. I mean, we had this place called Lupo's down in uh, in Providence, downtown Providence, mm-hmm. like an old uh, place with a lot of a lot of different bands playing, whatever. She, I go, I don't know about this. I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad day. Whatever. She, I, I'm going to give you a shot. All right. She's going to the Rhode Island School of Design. That's her. Rhode Island yeah. School of Design. Okay. All right. But that's in Providence and so forth. So, okay. She says, if you go to the go there, wear your WDOM shirt, and I'll be the girl at the bar with the thigh-high boots and a wow. skirt. Okay. So she knew what she was going to be wearing in yeah, advance, this is, this obviously. Is, okay. But, I mean, have you seen these thigh-high boots and skirt? And This is not... I, I'm not have you seen the thigh-high boots and the skirts? I have you seen I, this? I think I'm in over my head. I think I'm way in, way over my head. Yeah, I got to bring somebody with me. So I bring my buddy uh, Marty Bolton. It's going to come. Why did you bring someone with you? I had to. I, I was not going to. Were you scared there. of her? Yeah. I was scared of the whole thing. Providence, somebody called. I, I thought it was a goof to begin with. I didn't think it was a real girl. So you think maybe you were being set up Yeah, or yeah, there's something okay. going on. All right. I'm not going Got it, so. yep. Uh, so, okay, so, okay, so Marty Marty is the manager of Providence College basketball yeah. team. So I bring him. He's a big Husky guy, and okay. me and Marty go there. We have a good time. We, we kind of get... Uh, tipsy and whatever and we have a, she actually met this girl with dance and actually was a nice girl we had a nice time so we talk right. about it and uh we talk about how um you know who who marty is and all this and and we talk about the basketball team and she's a big fan so we make plans that we are going to introduce her to basketball providence style and she's going to bring a bunch of her friends from RISD and uh, come to the providence you know to the game and we're gonna have a grand old time and uh when we get back we'll see what happens if we get that lined up what happens and how otis thought possibly possibly made me a uh a legend of result of wait till otis sees us he loves us You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. It feels so good to be back here at the Destiny Lake Club. We'd like to do for you now a tune entitled Shamalama Ding Dong. So hit it. Now we're back here with Everything Old is New Again, talking college. David Cohen, how much did animal house influenced your college experience greatly <laughs> was that otis day in the night it, it sure was when you mentioned otis thorpe you know the first thought that came into my mind i do know it i'm gonna do this i'm gonna answer your question with this wait till otis see 
Am I wrong? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> That's, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I read your Otis, mind. Wait, Otis sees us. <laughs> now, us. Otis Thorpe was so shy. Like, did you get a chance? Like, your school was big. Did you get a chance to meet, like, the local celebrities, so to speak, on the basketball team or whatever, or no? No, I mean, they used to, uh, we used to see them out at bars or maybe in the dining hall. Um, I never, yeah, the, I met Boomer Esiason once. Okay. Because I just went up to him. He was just sitting outside of the business school, and he had he had an injury or something, and he wasn't playing. So I started talking with him. I was a senior. He was a senior. But, you know, the first thing he said to me, so what are you, a freshman? I'm like, no, I'm a, <clears throat> a senior. <laughs> I've been with you. Listen, I got to go. <laughs> he was very friendly. Look, he didn't have to talk to me. I was right. just some punk that walked up to him. He's just sitting there by himself. Right. I was asking him, you know, the question, do you think you'll be drafted by the Giants or the Jets? You know. <laughs> I know you, I, which one would you want to go? Which one would you want to play for? We're so young. I mean, you don't know how to nice. deal with this stuff either, though. You know what I mean? Like life right. is upon these guys real fast. Dough That's and true. popularity and whatever is so fast upon them. And they're sort but of, he, you know, he wasn't trying to it. blow me off. He okay. answered my questions. And yeah, he was just saying, so what, you know, what year are you? Are you a freshman? <laughs> No, but apparently I act like a freshman. <laughs> or I look like it, whatever. Or I look like him. one, more yeah. like it. <laughs> uh, all right, but let's put it this way. Well, he's surrounded by, you know, behemoths, right? I mean, let's face it. He, That's true, you know, too. He's, he's like 6'5 or something or other, right? You know? Yeah. Otis, same thing. But Otis, same thing, you know, uh, a very approachable, cool guy. Loved Animal House. I would always talk to him. We would say that quote to him all the time. I'd pour him a beer here really? at the keg parties. And So, like, how know. did you – so you just went up to him one day? You were at a party or – yeah, did you meet him initially? Initially, it was I, – I, my my thing early, in the early days was I wanted to meet the girls. The girls want to have the beer. Stand by the beer. They don't know how to use the keg half the time. You stand, you, you pour a beer for them, and a girl that you like, you have, start a conversation with. So I was the beer guy. So as I stood there doing that for you know, the first half hour of a party, and then uh, then you'd be on your way. So, so Otis always would come up and – he was, you know, sort of a young, naive guy. Like, I forget where he came from, but, like, wasn't, like, a city guy, you know? So I showed him this stuff. We talked about Animal House and Otis, my man. I didn't have any idea there was a basketball player in the beginning. So I, I, I would never oh, really? I would never have said, Otis, my man, you know, whatever, to, to like, this guy that's going to be the world champion of basketball with Olajuwon later on, you know, or the star so of the team. So he was just some guy named Otis, some kid named Otis you met. Freshman, yeah. going to school. Yeah, freshman, yeah. So... Uh, we got we hit it off. I talked to him for a while. But what happens with these athletes, though, you know, you, you do that, and that's totally cool, and they don't forget you. He's a cool guy. And if I call him today, if I reminded him of a couple of events, he would he would sort of recognize, you know, it's 40 years later. He, oh, yeah, I remember, whatever. Right. But um, you don't become friend, friend, friends with them because they're on their, they're their team. They have to practice before school. Sure. They got school. They got to practice after school. Then they're eating and they're going to sleep. Like, they don't have time to fool around with us, you know, with the silliness no. that we're doing. So I totally get that, you know. He was big. He was a big, big guy in our, you know, in our school. So we go to the game. We always go to went to these these games at this this Providence Civic Center. It had about fifteen thousand people. So wait, so now you're back on the double date? Well, it's it's more than that though. There's like a now they the, the RISD girls show up. I show with Marty, my friend Tim Phelan, a bunch of others. Got about six people on our the guys. Six or seven girls show it's up. A, gr- a group thing. Yeah, a group thing. Right. They, they'd never seen this before. He's Marty. 
Marty's got great tickets. He's on the court because he's the manager of the team, which basically means he puts the chairs in the right spot and and cool. uh, you know gives gives them their, their water and stuff like that. And but he got his great seats. We're up front, and we're up close. And everybody's having a grand old time. So it's a big game, but it's a national game. And you know? good evening to you once again, all along the Big East Television Network. Len Berman, along with former Seton Hall coach Bill Raftery, and what's the psychology of a Providence team? Providence comes in just nine and nine. Many of those losses were close, tough losses, and that five overtime loss to Dayton. Well, uh, as you alluded, the five overtime loss is a tough one to overcome, except Joe's kids really believe in him. At right, center, so. number 33, a 6'9 sophomore from Boynton Beach, Florida, Otis Thorpe. There you go. So Boynton Beach, Florida is from, you know. Um, but those are, these announcers are, like, these are legit guys. This is Len Berman and this Bill Raffer. This is probably like on CBS or something. Yeah, it's a big game. These are big guys, you know. So we're having a fun time, you know. And, we're you know, you know college basketball, you, you know, you tell me, when we went to those games, they were, you know, we weren't great teams, but they still were, you know, you still always had this thought you could win. You were part of the team. You knew kind of the players. You were in, like, you were in Invested, right in these teams, yes. so yes. it really was. It really was a lot of fun. You scream and you you hard scream your heart out, and you have a good time, and uh, and you get thirsty. So so in the drinking age was eighteen. So at, at halftime, you'd go up to the Royal Roost is what we had. Did you have it some place like this? And I don't know. You, you, your games were on campus, right? The, yeah. The stadium. Okay. So I don't know if you had it, but we have like a, a like a bar, you know, big bar that you can go to and and order the drinks and stuff like that. So we go up there at halftime, right? We have a nice time. So WDOM, the radio station was on that I never spoke to anybody except getting from Marty Moran the the, the gig. Do the games? Did you have that too? I mean, you had, you had, it's like a training ground for you for like the students can announce the games. You didn't have that? No. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so DOM was guess, there announcing. I guess our it. school was too big for that, Doug. Yeah, probably. So uh, I go up there to get a drink, and there's Marty Moran, and he's in a panic. This guy's in a panic. He's freaking out. Like he's, what's going on with with what's with with Marty? What are you doing? He says our play-by-play guy just had a diabetic event. Oh. And we need somebody to to fill in to do play-by-play. He goes, Viviani. You didn't do it. He goes, Viviani, you dug in the morning, right? I didn't know this guy knew who the heck I was. I didn't, he didn't, you know, like, I hadn't heard from him all year long. And this has got to be something like, I don't know, whatever, February, right? He goes, dug in the morning. You got to do, you got to help me out. I said, all right. I said, what do you do? Go down, do the color. The color on the game. I said, I haven't done basketball. Do me a favor. Get in. Would you do it? I did it. I went down. Yeah, I'd probably be more comfortable with the play-by-play because I, I, I wouldn't be able to fill in about, I'd be uncomfortable filling in the technical aspects, the color commentary. I'd be more comfortable doing the play-by-play because that's just like mechanical. You right, know? right. Well, the technical didn't get too technical for me. You know, I went I went back to my days of coaching Little League and sort of start talking yeah. about – I talked <laughs> about real pick. basic. Yeah, like, you know, that was a great pick. You see that thing they're, they're passing around? That's called a basketball. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> it wasn't a lot I could add to the game, but I, I did it. And then the game is over. It's kind of cool. We get shuffled in with all the other media into the locker room, you know? And I'll just, you know, the ending of the game was the usual Providence end. I have a feeling the next shot will be the only shot in overtime. McKay, no! Connecticut ball with four seconds to go. There's Thompson. Two seconds. Thompson. No, tipped up and in by beautiful tip. Ernie Thompson putting the soft jump shot up. The Providence bench has not moved. They can't believe what has happened. What a tough, heart-rendering loss. 
And that's our usual was the tough, hot rendering laws. <laughs> and you were doing, so obviously that wasn't you we were hearing. That was the TV coverage. But you were doing the color in the booth and we're covering everything yeah. that was happening. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And so, wow. you know, there's not much you could say to that. I let the play-by-play guy, of course, do most of the most yeah. of the work. You yeah. know? But I get shuffled in to the locker room. Jennifer was in before, after the game. This interview's going left and right, and they, they, Marty Moran hands me this, the portable. You have this thing. Have you seen this? Like, it's a pack, like a, I don't know, like an electronic pack, and, and, and it's got a microphone. And, you know, okay. you, yeah. you, but you, it, and it goes over the air. You, you're live. So, right. on an earphone. So, they said, go get, go get an Otis, go get Otis to say something. Go to get Otis. Otis doesn't talk to anybody. Go get, you know Otis. Go get, get go. I go, all right. Talk to Otis. I give it a shot. I say, Otis, what do you think of this year's team? It's pretty much my question. I remember that. That. And I do remember the answer. Uh, just got to take one game at a time. That's always been my philosophy, and that's always will be my philosophy. Just one game at a time and try to concentrate on like uh, what the team goal is and stay with that. So, like, I got literally nothing out of it. You ever do those interviews? I literally got but nothing that wasn't, out of it. Was he, was that, were we actually hearing him responding to your question? Yes, that's Otis answering my question. I could not find my part of it. Why couldn't we hear you asking the question? I couldn't find my part of it. But So that was Otis responding to you? Yeah. Well, you know, you didn't ask a very probing question. So, what was he gonna say? <laughs> well, we just—you know—it's a... almost like saying, "What what school do you go to?" Providence College. <laughs> exactly. and it was that sort of question and answer thing. <laughs> But they just had a heartbreaking loss, you know. I'm thrown yeah. into this. I'm not a sports announcer. I don't know what to ask this guy. But you're right. It was not a. It was not the greatest question, you know. But I didn't want to offend him, you know. You're sort of really respectful. You don't know what to do there. You're of not course. diving yeah. in. I'm going to see yeah. him for a beer like the next day at the next party or something. It's going to right. pop me over the head. Yeah, you're so. not going to say like, Otis, do you feel personally responsible for the loss today? For, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't want to be controversial or anything. You know, Otis, you could have passed the ball a couple more times, you know. Uh, so <laughs> you yeah. feel like you gave a hundred percent to the Otis. <laughs> anyway, so so that was my opportunity to to make it work. But needless to say, that broadcast only went out, uh, you know, to to Providence per se, not to anyone in the Civic Center. So no one in the Civic okay. Center, where all my friends were and all the girls were, did not, of course, hear me. So um, you know. Okay. I, I sort of got that opportunity, but I didn't get to revel in any any fun with it because no one had heard it. No one believed me, so to speak. We'll be back in a few minutes and finish this story and, and see where it takes us. Many of so, those yeah. losses were close, tough losses, and that five-overtime loss to Dayton. Center, number 33, a 6'9 sophomore. Hi, I'm John Bellingsland. and I help run the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve a hot, nutritious five-course meal to hungry men, women, and children seven nights a week, 365 days a year. We distribute clothing, shoes, blankets, backpacks, you name it. We help people access a huge array of other services from partner groups. Please join us by making a donation to the Hollywood Food Coalition through our website, hofoco.org, H-O-F-O-C-O.org. Three bucks buys a hungry person a great five-course meal. Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Uh, just got to take one game at a time. That's always been my philosophy, and that's always will be my philosophy. Just one game at a time and try to concentrate on like, uh, what the team goal is and stay with it. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. It's Otis Thorpe answering my question in 1982 in the locker room when I was uh, a college uh, kid there. And, and you know, um, it was a coup to get him to 
actually say something, but he didn't say anything memorable, of course. Uh, but we're here with David Cohen on Everything Old is New Again. You know, just examine and have some fun with uh, March Madness that uh, abounds. How was uh, the story's not done, but just how was March Madness in, in Maryland? Was it people into the basketball at that point? You had the tournament and everything? Yeah, else? well, Maryland's a big, very big basketball school. It was an event, everybody followed the team and Maryland was usually good just never um, while I was there they had a very competitive team and, and, and one year they won the AC they won the ACC tournament my senior year so they they were good and the games were exciting and the conference they played in at the time which was the ACC had some of the best teams in the country North Carolina and Duke um, NC State was big Jim Valvano when he was coaching there a lot of big names a lot of big schools very hard to get tickets we had to sleep out sometimes the night before to get tickets to see like when Carolina was in town wow you saw Michael Jordan play for Carolina so it was like yeah it was really fun. Really great times. Good stuff. I also went, I was lucky. I went to uh, law school at St. John's also for me in the right. Bay East. And they were right. amazing back then with Chris Mullen and all that back then. That was, yeah, that was, uh, that were fun times right there. Yeah, back yeah. Then. Good times. Uh, good, good games. A lot of fun. I mean, it's nothing better than March Madness sometimes, especially when you're a student though, you know? So there yeah. I am. And I, you know, I had just been propelled what I thought was going to propel me to at least name recognition something where I had the opportunity to do color for the game Providence game Amazing. there was Otis Thorpe I interviewed him and literally no one heard it this is the problem with the college station too right like literally no one heard any of this and when I go back out and I try to you know show the, the girls from RISD you know play that you know a little bit I was just on the air I just interviewed Otis it like fall on like you know like yeah, okay well, let's just go get a beer like it, it didn't it didn't carry the parlance they thought. weren't as impressed as you'd hope they'd be right i mean you ever do that you do something you think is really cool and and you tell people and they're sort of like yeah whatever, okay whatever. you know like it didn't yeah. it didn't carry any parlance any- obviously meant a lot more to you than it did to anyone yeah else at the time. exactly it's so little so that when i finally made it out where i was supposed to get on the bus you know there's a bus there from risd and the girls are going to take me and my buddies all back to the risd which we're on, we're on okay. school design for a party it, it mattered so little that by the time I got out, after the locker room and all of that, all I see is the faces on the bus waving to me. Like the I, I had missed the bus. They didn't even bother waiting for me. The bus just oh, took no. off. They're, they're off to RISD. I'm straight. Wait, so, so the, re- or the whole gang you went to the game with... Only you missed the bus to RISD. Yeah, because they basically lost me. They were like, you went to the Royal Roost to get a couple of drinks. You talked to Marty, right. and then we never saw you again. So We like, never saw you again. Where were you? What happened? Meanwhile, I'm doing something that I think is legendary, and and they're like, yeah, well, let's we're going to RISD. Like this, it it mad, oh, mattered boy. nothing to anyone. So I go to like, do you have these? Like we, it's, it's a little different because we now I'm in. Is that the end of the story? By the way, no. Now I'm in the middle of Providence, right? Okay. All alone. After sort of in my world, I was at a high. This was a high part of my life. I mean, and no, and no one cared. Isn't that terrible? No one heard, and no one cared. It was, it was. Right. So I go, and 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 I'm stranded in Providence. <laughs> uh, this, the, the school is a good five mile walk, you know. Um, and oh, I, wow. usually you don't walk. Of course, it's a bus or whatever. And I missed all that stuff because of because of this. So I, so, but in the middle of Providence, there's this one place called Haven Brothers. It is a, a movable kind of a truck that has hamburgers, hot dogs, food. And they've been there since, I think, since 1888. It wow. has It's morphed, but Haven Brothers, one form or another, a food cart 
truck where you go in and it's almost like a train kind of a thing. You go in, you could sit on the counters on the walls, you know, there's like a little count and you, you could order the food. Have you ever, you, you have something similar? You had yeah, to. I have something similar. I can see where the story's going. <laughs> well, so I go with the Haven Brothers. <laughs> I think I got to, they have a thing called a murder burger, which is a big deal. So, but I'll just give, give you a flavor. I'll give you a little something. Diner was born here in Providence as a horse-drawn lunch wagon. Oldest diner on wheels. That's what we've heard. Let's go to Haven Brothers. Cut my coat off, rolled up my sleeves, ready for my triple murder burger. What goes into this beast of a burger? Well, first I take uh, three patties. Okay. Each patty is three ounces. Well, half a pound. About that. Okay, cool. Sauteed onions. Love the sauteed onions. Sauteed mushrooms, bacon. Gotta have bacon. All mixed together. I'll tell you, you do a... Fried egg on there too. I do, I do, I do. Um, They're very after popular, midnight, especially after midnight. See, like really, that's what everybody goes for. I wasn't in the mood for that, but it doesn't even. There's three patties. It's a lot of stuff, but that's a lot more refined. That commercial, whatever that was, is a lot more <laughs> refined, right? Than the actual experience. The actual experience. The actual experience is much, much closer to this. Cheeseburger, 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 four Pepsi, two cheese. <laughs> cheeseburger, 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 two Pepsi, one cheese. Right. right. So there you go. So you know, for satellite. So yeah, I go in, and yeah, you know, I'm a little down. I go, okay, I might as well get something now. Back in the day, I used to eat these things all the time. They, ha- you know, they have their own parlance, their own words when you order something, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what I would order, and you tell me if you know what this is. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, the guy in front of me in the line, he orders a hockey puck with frog sticks. You have any idea what that is? Is that a burger and fries? Yeah, a, a burger well done with French fries. That's all right. Okay. You got that. Yeah. All right, that's cool. I ordered a Pittsburgh burger on the roof, drag it through the garden, pin a rose on it with axle grease. I can almost <laughs> remember saying that. It's a no. burnt burger on the outside, which is a Pittsburgh burger, but rare on the inside with lettuce, which is through the garden, tomato through the garden, pin a rose on it, which is an onion, and axle onion. grease is, is butter the bun. Axel Grace's butter. Okay, right. got it. Got and then it. the guy behind me orders a bloodhound in the hay with a million on the platter. Do you have any idea what that is? No. <laughs> bloodhound on hay is a hot dog with sauerkraut. I guess we're exaggerating here, but that people do order this like this. And baked beans is the million on a platter. Anyway. Why is baked beans a million I guess a million a things that are on the platter. Look, there's a lot of them there. I don't know. What can I tell you? So- and I'm looking, actually, I'm looking for a spot to sit down. I get my thing. And you could, you know, you can eat there, which is kind of cool. But constantly the Haven brothers are saying, no campers here, no campers, which basically means sit down, eat, and leave. You can't camp yourself and just hang out, <laughs> right? So some guy gets up from that statement, and, um, and I sit down. And as I sit down, I look over to my left, and who do I see but Bill Rafferty, who just announced the game. Oh, wow. And over his That's shoulder huge. standing up is Len Berman. Oh, Both wow. of them are sitting there eating burgers at Haven Brothers, which is right by the Providence Civic Center. I mean, it's like walking distance. Yeah. I, it kind of makes sense. So I look over. And Bill Raftery, Raftery was, was a huge, huge college basketball uh, color person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great guy. Um he did it. Oh, my God. He did it for at least 25 years, right? Yeah. Long time. Long time. And Oling did that. Like, he was only known for that. That wasn't like he... Like, Bill Raftery, yeah, j- just for the college. Oops, yep. yep. Like, ben, Lynn Berman did all that, all this stuff, you know, and this is just, sure. it was his niche. So I look over, and I'm, you know, I'm telling you, man, at 19, you're intimidated by all these people. There's no doubt. You're kind of like... Oh, yeah. So I'm, like, very self-conscious. And Bill Rafferty, gives, he kind of gives me the elbow. 
I, I think I'm like too close to him or something. But these are these are the you know these these seats are are is not sitting movable. like at a counter. Yeah, they're not movable seats. You know what I mean? They're right, stuck right, to the right, ground. Right. So I can't I can't I can move over a little bit. He just does it again. And I look over. He goes, hey, uh, nice job with Otis Thorpe today. What? Come yeah, on. Yeah, Rafferty. Raff, listen, Bill Rafferty knows everything about everything in college ball, right? He turns to me and goes, I thought Otis doesn't talk to anybody. I said, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I said, I said I, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I know him from, you know, from, from school, and I, I got him to say something, but it wasn't too much. He goes, listen, anything you get somebody to say and you put it on tape, it works. You did a good job. Then he starts talking to me about announcing and about uh you know how how he started and he started as a you know a young man in and uh you know just goes for and he was a really nice guy in between my my pittsburgh burger and all that i'm talking to him and eventually cut to a couple minutes later i have no way home back to providence don't you know that these two guys get in the car a cab you know they, they don't just, they're going back to the hotel. They go, uh, you know, and I told them about Doug in the morning. So, they, of course, that's the moniker. Hey, Doug in the morning, are you going to be uh, okay, whatever? I go, yeah, I got to go walk back, back to Providence. Walk. Literally, they put me in the the back of the seat of the uh, of the cab. It was a cab at the time, no Ubers. And they paid for a ride to ride me back to Providence. I get out. I get into the dorm. All is well with the world. I see my buddy Mark Ricker, uh, who uh, who's a uh, baseball player for for the school, and he had to stay in. And there's the one guy, Mark Ricker, a friend of mine. He also says, "Heard you heard you with Otis today. Good job today." So I slept I slept well that that. day because I had had my (laughs) my buddy Mark Ricker, fun guy, listened and and a compliment from Bill Rafferty. The heck with the Rizzi girls. It all came together from the radio station. That's great. Not so, so bad at all. Yeah. So, you know, there are there are days, you know, and even yeah. just just the acknowledgement by my one buddy that had heard that was enough because sure. then when the rest of them come in, he can say, yes, this did happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I right. saw you get out of the so camera. You had, you had some validation. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, so there it is. There's my uh, little taste of Providence. That was the best I could do with respect to my experience at uh, at Providence College. It was, that was pretty good. A uh, nice little time for ourselves. We did okay, as I'm sure you did. Many of those losses were close, tough losses, and that five overtime loss. Now, yeah. back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Where's that roast beef? Don't ask me this anymore, Mo. Yes. You gonna finish that? Yeah, I'm gonna finish it. I paid for it. I'm not gonna give it to you. If you're not gonna finish it, I would eat it. But if you're gonna eat it, you're gonna... What do you want? Say the words. No, go ahead. You're gonna eat it. You eat it. That's all right. Say the words. I want the roast beef sandwich. Say the words and I'll give you a piece. Would you guys cut this out? I mean, every time. Well, he doesn't talk. He just... Well, you know what he means, right? Yeah, I know what he means, but he beats around the bush. He beats around the bush. If he'd say the words, I'd give him a piece. If I wanted it, wouldn't I ask you? Then ask. You know you want... just let it go? You know he wants it. annoying. I'm annoying. I'm annoying. I'm trying to eat a meal by myself. If you want to give him the sandwich, give him the sandwich. If you don't want to give him the sandwich, don't... I don't want to give him... Well, then just eat the sandwich and shut up. David Cohen, Douglas Viviani here on Everything Old is New Again. Diner, do you remember that movie? I know you love that movie. I love that movie. And that, that you know what cool. you you know what the problem with you, Modell, is you don't chew your food. You just <laughs> swallow it and it sits there in your stomach like a lump. Yeah, I can recite that movie. <laughs> it's the greatest. 
<laughs> well, um, just before we get there, because we just talked about Haven Brothers Diner, you know, um, an epilogue to that place, uh, and not to that place, but to this this story, is I got back and so forth, and, and I never really saw Marty Moran again until a couple years back, there was a Providence College WDUM reunion. And um, and I, I, we got some words uh, here this, I didn't tape this. This is, this is from WDOM. They, tape, they have a lot of stuff they tape and keep. And I was able to archive this from him. Also, I was communicating with him. Uh, just a little something about his theory. We're in Providence, Rhode Island today at Providence College. Just had a great seminar with alumni of our college radio station, WDOM, and heard from uh, three people. One is John Hennessy, uh, had a career in broadcasting uh, hockey, and Marty Moran, who uh, has been in the radio business in New England, also now does voiceovers. And Marty, uh, you're going to get the last word in. Well, what I think is that if you're the program director or the operations manager or the general manager, they had enough on their plate. So if you could come in with a certain set of skills but also decide that, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to have a lot of enthusiasm. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to not need somebody to tell me what to do. I don't need to be micromanaged. I think that goes a long way. There we go. We're back here. They go as new again. A little something there. Um, D- David Cohen, do, do you um, – I don't. was your station manager – like he was so hands-off that I literally didn't even know that he knew I existed until that night, and he recognized me and asked me to, you know, to, to help out. Uh, did you have you say you had one person kind of went to the station manager and complained about your introduction to him well other than that what would your experience never heard from the station manager never right I got one comment I got one comment from the station manager one time and it was yeah he called me and he said hey listen um, I like the show I, I like that one of the guests you have come on he's a really funny guy I really enjoyed uh, listening to you and him. So Gosh. the guest was me. So yeah, right. He he didn't he didn't get that, which I thought was kind of cool. Actually, he thought there was actually someone coming into the studio. Oh my god! And the other thing, Dave. Anyone calls me Dave, I, I yeah, don't like that. Out. Yeah. So the other thing, Dave, is um, I like the music you're playing, but you know we have a a, a playlist oh, here. Oh yeah. And we're, I'm just going to ask you to stick to the playlist as much as you can, you know, play as many songs from the playlist. You could do your own stuff too, but mostly playlists. I'm like, Oh, okay. And part of the fun I had doing with DJing was because, you know, I, I was very into music at the time and, and I was playing whatever I liked to play. A lot of it was new stuff and I thought it was a good show. And the little feedback that I would get when I'm there was people calling and saying that they liked the stuff I was playing. So when I saw the playlist, which was pretty, you know, it was it's like an alternative station. So it wasn't like, you know, just standard pop. But I, I just didn't like the playlist and I didn't want to be restricted to that. So the next day I quit. Wow. See, now I would have done. Now I respect that for sure. Because I know also, by the way, I know you probably found groups and music that probably ended up doing something in the business. Like you, you were good at finding cutting edge new stuff, you know, like the uh, silly example, but like the police before anybody knew of them, you know. Um, But uh, so I'm sure your play was pretty good stuff, but they wanted you to do that. I, I want my thing. If I had never heard from him before, I probably this is just me. I probably would have just kept on playing what I wanted to play until he complained again. 
But I know you, <laughs> you know, you had that over your head. It's not easy to do. But yeah, and I, you know, I knew that, you know, they were on. It, you. it was a pretty, it was a pretty well-run machine. Yeah, this, see, this Maryland radio station, and people would show up on time for their next shifts. Like, it was very professional. Yeah, so I knew, knew. that. I, I don't think I would have been able to get away with yeah. just ignoring him. Yeah. See, yeah. Providence, I would definitely have gotten away with it because Marty was not. You heard. <laughs> you heard yeah. He, right. He was hands right. off, man. You got the job, like that. and uh, that you never heard from him again, <laughs> unless there was a problem, of course. You know. Um, right. Right. But that I couldn't better and different. I don't know what he, lesson whatever that is. But yeah, I mean that's that's heartbreaking. Also, when you are in it and it's so young and you're just starting and you're having fun with it and you and they say you got to play this music. It, you when you're playing music on the radio station like that, you probably have. Besides commercial, I think there was no commercial, but there were these uh, PSAs you have to read, you know, and yeah, you have sure. the news. So you have like four, let's call it 50 minutes, then come on, you have like 40 something minutes of your own. And out of that, you got to play music kind of like around 30. So every hour you get maybe 10 minutes, right, in between to do your own thing. And if you're playing, is that about right? Maybe 15 minutes? Right? I think we had a little more flexibility in the music part, but yeah. In terms of less but, but music, still, but for for me, it was just about like I'm hauling my butt over there Sunday morning, right? Because I enjoyed doing it. That's a, that's the reason I did it. And I just thought that if I'm hauling my butt out that early in the morning, and I can't even play the stuff I want to play, right? And I don't know what to say about the stuff I would be playing because I wouldn't have very nice things to say about all of it. Um, then it just what if it wasn't fun, then I didn't want to do it anymore. I was a college student, you know. I had other things going on too. This wasn't all just about being a DJ at a radio station for me. Right, right, exactly. But but it's it's, I totally get it. It's but it's sad because you don't whatever it is you've you're not on for an hour. You're on for a few minutes of the hour because you've got yeah, to fill true. with the music in between. And if right, if you can't comment on that music or that artist, if you didn't find that music or artist and and or find them as interesting. What are you doing? Like you still have to listen. By the way, you got to listen to the music back in the day. You'd have to yeah. sit there and listen to this stuff. Maybe you go you to the bathroom and come it. back, but you have to listen to it, right? So, so like you're right. There's it, it, take all the fun out. Like really, like I'm not saying Bob and Doug McKenzie by any way, shape, or form was entertaining, but I, I was 19 and I gave it a shot and I went with the it pros. It was your thing, right? You, you know, thought I, of it. It was something you did. It was creative, and yeah. And I thought maybe those guys were pros. I thought maybe what they were doing was going to be interesting too. I mean, they they were they had made it. You know, I was following yeah, their lead. Right, right. I didn't create right. that. You know. But anyway, my point was, I I know that that's it's it's flat on its face. However, um, no one came down and said, you know, what are you doing with this stuff? What is that like? Like that's the difference I think, and that's what made it more fun for me because. I took more and more chances. I go, no one's listening. I said, I, I got me and the, and the news person, and and I'd go back to the the dorm, and maybe one person would have heard ten minutes of it, you know. And so I'm like, so what difference does it make? Let's just have some fun doing this. Holy smokes, you know. Right. But I right, I right. just don't get that. So so when you quit, did they even say anything? Did they follow up, or did they just say, okay, I see remember? You later? I I don't think so. I don't have a good recollection of it, but it wasn't even a. I didn't even have to think about it. Yeah. Like, he just oh, said what he yeah. said, and I had hung up the phone, and I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm not. I'm, yeah, forget it. The gig's over. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? Right. So. Right. And like I said, if if I was really thinking, if I was like a senior, and I was thinking of going into a radio career, 
I probably would have sucked it up. Or, oh, if or you were in communications, something. right? If if, if your if your major was communications, right? It'd be a whole different world, right? You got to put exactly. this on your resume and all this, right? And you got to make. But it... at that time, it was it wasn't, you right. know, for me. I was just looking to have fun and and you know get decent grades and party and enjoy the college experience. And if it was an obligation, suddenly this thing became that that it was not enjoyable. You know, at whatever I was, 18, 19 years old, I just wasn't doing it. And how uh, how long did you stay with the station before that happened? It was probably a, at least one semester, if not almost two semesters. Okay, so it was a decent amount of time every day, every Sunday, in and out. Yeah. Day in yeah. and day out. And, you know, during the winter, it's freezing out. Like, you, you know, it's dark and it's a schlep. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. I literally think my shift was six to eight. If I rem- It was really onerous. It was a really early, early shift. Yeah. Maybe yeah. seven, you know, but it was really onerous. And, uh, and yeah, if you didn't, if you weren't doing what, you know, I would try to come up with stuff and, you know, it was, it all was, it all was a failure, but that's what college is all about is learning that stuff you know um just like you know i i, I thought i failed with with otis there you know and rafter gives you you know a pat on the back and and uh and then you know i don't even know that that anyone else heard it and then my buddy you know heard it and and so at least i i you get some kind of at least you felt you did something but i don't know what it is it's just talking to a microphone it's not like you're changing the world but you felt i felt like i had made a step that day you know like i'd made some Absolutely. some progress but the following oh, and, week and I to was... get some validation from someone like that right i right. mean you know yeah doesn't yeah. hurt what a nice guy right he didn't have to do that he didn't have to say that exactly. he didn't have to recognize me what did he see me i mean i was in a booth next to him and what maybe he saw me i don't know but uh what did he see me in the locker room for I don't know 10 minutes like how do we remember like he but obviously you made an impression because Otis Thorpe I guess never talked to anyone so the fact that he was talking to you I'm sure it turned a few heads I guess that's what it was yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah that's probably why so he remembered you from that and then only what what maybe an hour later he sees you again right so and And it's cool right he he approached you in the restaurant (laughs) Or at, at the bar, right? You didn't go up to him. Oh, hi, Bill. Yeah, right. No, he was yeah. having his murder burger, and I was having my Pittsburgh, and uh, and you know, I was minding my own business. It was just like fate, you know. It's just uh, right. Anyway, so there it is. We'll be back next week to continue all the fun with and thrills with David Cohen, Douglas Viviani, right here, right. Here. If I searched, this whole-